This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. My name is Abel. I'm the children and family director here at Living Faith. And the Holy Spirit has given me full permission to treat you as children. So I'm excited. Let's just start in prayer. Ah, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We just ask Holy Spirit that you would just father us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that it's all about being fathered by God himself. And we are here to be fathered by you and you alone. So we just welcome your breath. We just welcome you to speak to our hearts right here, right now, to be fathered by you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, If you want to go to your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, verses 2 through 4. So before I read this, remember, all Scripture is God-breathed. So I encourage you this morning to let God breathe these Scriptures on you. Let Him, with His own breath, breathe on you this morning. Let it change you. Let it be who you are. So I love this verse. I I read it every single day, Um, especially as a children's director. I just love it. So let's just, this is the Passion Translation. Let's just go for it. Jesus called a little one to his side and said to them, Learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eye wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually, say continually, humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. What I love about the Passion Translation is the heart of the author is he went back to the Aramaic and he puts in words like this, the continual, the limitless, the boundless, surpassing, the fact to remind us that with God, you're never, ever there. He's that big that you should grow and grow and grow, that it's glory from glory to glory to glory. And in the kingdom, complacency is actually going backwards. Being still, being complacent, being comfortable is actually going backwards. If you look at the parable of the talents, the one guy who had his one talent, what happened with him? It was taken away and given to someone that made more, that made it prosper. God is all about advancement of the kingdom, about going from glory to glory to glory. Um, I want to share, uh, should we just go there, Holy Spirit? Yeah, let's just talk about it. Um, in Luke um, 9, Verse 60, Jesus says this, Any man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Complacency is a roadblock and just a danger in the body of Christ right now. And what I mean complacency is we think we're there or we've got there. And when you actually get complacent, like I said, you move back. Now, this is what it looks like, by the way. This is what it looks like. How many of you, when you were little, you thought your, your house used to be huge? right? And then you go back when you're older and mature, and you're like, oh, it's not that big. We do that with God. When we get born again, God is this massive thing that I get low for, that I'm humble, like, oh my gosh. And then later in life, it's like, I talk to Christians, it's like, oh, did, did God get smaller, or, or did you? Like, what happened? Right? Yes? Think about it for a second. Is God bigger today than he was yesterday for you? Is he bigger today during worship than last year around this time that you worshiped? Getting complacent is going backwards in the kingdom, and I'm going to prove it to you. Today we're talking about there's an invitation from God to go from glory to glory to glory. Now, I love what Paul says in Philippians. He says this um, in chapter 3, and I love this because this is Paul. This was a murderer, the guy who murdered people, and now he's unashamed of his gospel. And he tells the disciples, he says, brethren, 
I'm not saying I have this down. He goes, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, guys, I, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, faith guy or faith man. I'm not perfect. But this one thing I do really, really well. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Christianity, the posture is this. It is always reaching. It is always pushing. It is always more and more and more. The kingdom of God is all about forward motion. It's about getting more territory. It's about God getting bigger in your life, which means you become bigger as a son, as a daughter, and life just gets more exciting and exciting. So if you are bored with your spiritual walk, it's because you went from this posture to this. And sometimes it looks like this. When you get born again, this is what praying for food looks like. Father, thank you for this food. Bless it and sanctify it. Thank you, Father God, for my family. A year later, you're sitting down. Father, we just bless this food and sanctify it. Thank you so much, God. Thank you so much. Next year, it's like this. You're cooking. Father, bless this food and sanctify it in Jesus' name. Thank you for everything. That's complacency. That's going backwards. God should be getting bigger. They should be getting lower and lower because he's just getting bigger and bigger in your eyes. That's why I love the Passion Translation. He continually says, he's boundless, he's limitless, he's endless. And the worst thing we could ever say is, I got it. It's the worst thing that could ever come out of your mouth. You never get it. He's that big, which is why life is exciting. You should be more excited today than you were yesterday, hopefully. If you're not, you missed an invitation. And I'm going to prove this to you in Romans 1. So let's go ahead and Romans 1. And I love this chapter. So you that were at the men's ministry, this is kind of something similar. I just wanted to give it to everyone so they could have a chance to get the invite. So we're going to start in verse 16, Romans 1:16, And I love Paul because this is a guy that had a past. When he put his head on a pillow, you better believe that the enemy was there to bring up all the blood he had on his hand. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he murdered people. You don't think he put his head down and there was like, what about Stephen? He was murdered because of you. What about this? There's blood on your hands and you're not ashamed of the gospel. He said, I'm really good at this one thing. Forgetting those things and reaching forward. He did not get complacent. He reached and reached and reached. God got bigger and bigger in his life. And then the disciples were like, holy moly, this guy is on something. Yeah, Holy Spirit became everything. Absolutely everything. And God became bigger and bigger. He was a once who hated Christians, and now he's writing letters going, my longed-for brethren, oh, how I wait patiently for you. He got wrecked, and it didn't stop by the love of God. It did not stop. Never, ever do I hear Paul go, I got it. The one thing he said I got is forgetting the past, but I'm saying yes to everything that's in front of me, and I'm going to lean. I'm going to press. It is a promise. Read the parable of the talents. Those who have more will be given. You be complacent, they'll be taken away. God is about expansion, which means God has to get bigger and bigger and bigger every morning, every day. And we're going to show it to you because Paul has this. Is that Zeke? Which baby is that? I'm trying to learn my baby sounds. No. Oh, oh. Sorry. I know they're siblings. Benny says hi. Sorry. All right, so 116, let's go there. Thanks, Richie Rich. Good to see you, Richard. We going? Who's over there? 118. Here we go. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. 
As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I love the Passion Translation. Hold on, go back. Because the Passion Translation says it right. It says, for in it, in this whole thing, the continual revelation of righteousness is revealed. It's continual. It's ongoing. It's not, oh, I got righteousness. You never have it down until you're breathing planets like him. (laughs) As he is, so are we. So you're never done. You're never, ever there. It's a continual revelation. What's righteousness? The ability to stand in the presence, to be fathered by God himself. So this whole thing is a continual revelation of how much God wants to father you and love you himself until you don't even know the definition of fear or worry or stress. It's a continual revelation of non-goings of how much Jesus sacrificed for you. And it goes on and on and on. And you're never, ever there. Can I keep reading? So it's a continual revelation. This whole thing is ongoing, how much God wants to father you himself and make you just like him. Verse um, 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, verse 21 is what we're going to stay on. This is massive, and I love what Paul says here. You ready? Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Keep this verse up, Rich. Look at this verse. Although they knew God... They had a dark heart at the end. It's possible to know God. And that word new is the same word that you see in Ephesians 3. To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. Um, Marianne taught it. And how it's the Jewish idiom for intercourse. It is intimacy. It is possible to be intimate with God and have a dark heart. So within this one verse, there are three things that you better be growing in. That I'm not, I'm sorry, I said that very Partially. There are three things in this scripture that God has invited you to grow more in. It's an invitation. Obedience is an excited thing and it's called invitation. I think we take obedience like, okay, I gotta go back. No, no, it's an invitation to more of him. That's all obedience is. You just say yes to it. It's an invitation to more of him, which means less worry, less stress, less comparison. So these three areas we're going to talk about. So although they knew God, they did not, if you're taking notes, one, glorify him. They didn't glorify him. Number two, nor were they thankful, thanksgiving. And the third one, they became futile in their thoughts. Those three areas must grow. If you're spiritually dead in any area of your life, one of these has dropped off. You got complacent. Like I said, it's possible to know God and have a dark heart if these things aren't going. So the first one, let's talk about that, glorify. Because they knew him, they did not glorify him. In other words, God didn't get bigger. They got complacent, like, God, that's who you are. And they stopped. They got complacent. It was the fact that God introduced God's people into something bigger. And he says, you don't stop there. He should be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that word glorify means this. You ready? To adore with luster. He's invited you to fall absolutely more and more in love with him because of Jesus. That it should not go. That your love for him, he's invited you to fall more in love with him today than yesterday. And the only way to do that is we love him because he 
first loved us. So his love for us, just, you, you should be spending more time understanding how much he loves you, and that should grow and grow and grow. And if that ever gets complacent, you're on your way to a dark heart. Like I said, if you're not advancing, you're going backwards. You're going backwards. Because they didn't glorify him. And you see this in the Old Testament. What happened in, in Judges? They saw an amazing, powerful God, but they stopped glorifying him. They stopped talking about his wondrous works, how big he is. They said, that's who you are, period. Let's stop. And God's like, no, I'm bigger. And because they stopped seeing him bigger, they stopped talking about him. They stopped talking about the amazing works that he did. And because they stopped talking about how big he was, their kids didn't know him. And because the generation didn't know him, a whole generation started serving who? Who did Gideon, who did they serve? Ben. Who did, Gideon, who did Gideon and the Midianites serve? What was his name? Come on, bad. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Bad. Goat dude. Thank you, Ben. So they stopped magnifying God. So serving idols became easy. Serving Netflix, serving other things become easy because God is not growing. He's invited you to realize that every time you step outside... Especially when I look up, take time to see how big your God is. But even that, we get complacent. I know what this guy looks like. No, you don't know him. He's trying to make you like him. And he's that big and he's that powerful. So they stopped glorifying him. Can I go to, um, we're going to go back to this first, but I want to go to, um, where do we want to go? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, let's go to the Ephesians 4. So this is in the Passion 2. <laughs> Richard's like, <laughs> awesome. This is four, chapter 4, verse 22. And he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man and the old self-life which was corrupted by the sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now, everyone say now. It's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. You are made new by every revelation that God is giving to you. And he's constantly trying to give you revelation. It's non-going. That's why he says pray without ceasing. That when you're driving, God is trying to download revelation to you. That he doesn't turn off. But we turn off. When I went to the men's ministry, God had me do this. Um, it was really funny. I, he told me to bring a soccer ball. And I talked about God, and I, they're laughing, and I dropped the ball in the middle of the room, and then I had a timer, and they looked at me weird. And then I stopped it. I said, if I would have done the same thing back there, within 30 seconds, there'd be a window broken, because all the kids would have started a full-on game. I love kids because they participate. Every morning, God, as soon as you open your eyes, God drops the soccer ball and goes, let's play. He's inviting you to play. He's inviting you that he becomes bigger. Every day, soon as your eyes open, he drops the ball. The invitation's already there. But are we taking it? Breakthrough never happens through convenience. It takes sacrifice. Doesn't take striving, but it takes sacrifice. It takes a yes. So because they didn't glorify him, because they said, God, you're as big as a mountain, that's good enough for us, they began declining. 
No. His presence melts, melts mountains. That's what Psalms tells us. He should be growing. Our knowledge about his power, the revelation of how big he is, should be growing. That I should be taking communion more this year than I did last year. Because I understand what his blood means. It's growing in me. That it's exciting more of how holiness, how holy and righteous I am, should be growing again bigger and bigger. And if, I'm, if, if church is the only place you take communion, I know you're spiritually boring. I'm sorry. If church is the only place you do communion, I know for a fact you're spiritually born. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not. But if you understand his blood, I promise you'll have communion more. You'll wake up even earlier and go, oh my God, I'm so holy and righteous. Tell me more. That as I drive, I'm popping in communions left and right like Skittles because I'm just so excited about it. So because they did not glorify him. In other words, we got it and we're there. Has anyone ever done that? I've done that with my wife. When we first dated, I took her to Potbellies in D.C. It was the best date. Guess what I did next week? The same thing. And it was okay. I won't lie to you. I didn't learn. I did it a third week. It was born. I thought, oh, I got her. I got it. And we began going backwards. You never have it. But we do that with God. Oh, I got it. I got how to spend time with him. No, you don't. We don't. He's that big. We're still learning. We're still growing in it. The bigger he gets, the more I will sacrifice, the more I will lose sleep to spend time with him. The more I will shut stuff off and go, God, you're just so big, man. Your joy is growing and I, I gotta have more. Complacency, you're going backwards. So they stopped glorifying him. Second one, nor were they thankful. Thanksgiving is the language of heaven. And it should be, according to the message translation, your native tongue. Thanksgiving, a lack of thanksgiving will always block what God, wants, what, will always block what God is trying to do with you. Your lack of thanksgiving. You should be, how are you thanking God more today than you did last week? Does your thanksgiving when we go into worship the same as last year? Because if it is, I can tell you, you're probably spiritually boring. Sorry, I'm really going to hurt a lot of you today. But it's good. This is an invitation. Good? I don't want to be spiritually boring, do you? I read that and I go, I got to have it. Or else I might as well go be, try something else. I mean, really? I might as well go try something else. Nor were they thankful. 1 Timothy 4.4, 4, for every creature of God is good. And nothing is to be refused if it's received with thanksgiving. See, God is trying to give you everything. And a lack of thanksgiving says, I'm refusing it. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. So if thanksgiving is not an every moment thing, you are missing receiving him what he's trying to give you. Even if it's a discipline, I encourage you, even if you're like, I'm going to set my alarm. That's a great way to start. That's a great way to start. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I do that. I'm going to go back to that prayer thing. How many of you, that's you? When you food, it used to be like this. And now it's like this. And now we even leave the TV on so we could hear it when we pray. And we're talking about the creator of the universe? You see what I'm saying? We've gone backwards. And God has really invited me to something big, and I said yes to it. 
And I've invited my wife into it because she's married to me. And I make her do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That sounded terrible. Um, but I'm really good at this. If, if I were to be like Paul, I would say this one thing I've really got down, getting low and being thankful. Every night when we cook, we pause everything and we get on our knees. We turn the TV off. We used to do it, but then we would get low but keep the TV on. And then eventually I, we stood up and I said, not anymore. My wife is pregnant. We're bringing a son in this world. This son is going to kneel to Jesus and we're going to show him how. Because if he doesn't see me glorifying God, I'm not going to expect him. So every night, my wife and I, and Benny, the dog, our dog knows how to pray. We get down, ask Rafa, ask Rafa, ask Rafa. We say, pray. He lays, we go, pray. He goes. And he's not allowed to raise his head until I say amen. And sometimes he prays even more. I'm like, amen, amen. You can eat. He's like, oh, okay. But every night we get down. And our prayers are getting longer, not shorter. Breakthroughs through the convenience, not how bad you want to eat. How bad do you want him? There's an invitation, church, that God has already put out there. If you don't want to grow, you're going to hate us. Especially these people in the front row. Especially Pastor Gavin. He's all about growth. Purpose, entrepreneurship. Entrepreneur means growing, doing something never seen before. So it means you need to see a God that has done something you've never seen before. And it starts with simple things like this. What have you been complacent at? Where have you lacked the thanksgiving? Or you said, I got it. We just say it. No, get down, get low, get your heart into it. Because they're watching you. So they stop glorifying God. They stop being excited about how big he is and that we're going to keep going. Then they stop giving thanks. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. This is, you made us like you and you're going to do this forever. Thank you. And the last one, they became what? Futile in their thoughts. The third one is this. They entertained thoughts that weren't of God. They entertained thoughts that didn't agree with heaven. You see, God is love. And according to 1 Corinthians 13, love thinks no evil. So every thought must be huge, magnificent, extravagant, because that's how he thinks of us. So my thought life about myself should be growing, should be expanding. Your thoughts about your wife? Can you put up the Romans one twenty one again, Rich? This verse I love because you can use it for anything. Watch this. Can you put up Romans one twenty one? Um, who's married? Can I pick on Marianne and Pastor Dave? Because David, right here we go. Because David knew Marianne, but did not glorify her, nor was he thankful for her, but became futile in his thoughts about her, he had a dark heart towards her. You could use that with anyone. If you're having evil thoughts about someone, it's either a lack. You've stopped seeing them who God made them to be, that they stop getting bigger in your heart, in your imagination, because you stop giving thanks that God made them and they're a masterpiece. Because you chose to entertain evil thoughts about them, you will have a dark heart about them. That's my wife. Because I did not, although I knew Kristen, but if I do not glorify her, what does it mean to glorify her? It means to be thankful and to entertain God's thoughts. How many of you know the prophetic words, 
over your spouse? How many of you know prophetic words over your kids? How many of you are taking the time to meditate on them, confessing them, that those prophetic words should become tangible on them? That I should take time out of my day to be magnified that every, every in the morning, so I've learned this about my heart. If I'm impatient with my wife, it's my lack of thanksgiving for her. See, I've, I've learned, like, you, you should know your heart by now, hopefully, if you're walking with God enough, that if something's off, you should be like, okay, oil light's on, it needs oil, right? Or, if, you know, so forth, so on. So for me, if, I'm, if, if my patience is off, I know lack of thanksgiving. If I'm bored, I'm not magnifying her. So I sit down, I go, God, you are Captain Marvel, man. You are a beast for God. You're going to shake this world. I have all her prophetic words. I've even made a PowerPoint slideshow of all her prophetic words. Because she needs to grow in my heart. If, she doesn't continue, if my wife doesn't continue to grow in my heart, if I'm not falling more in love with her, I will have a dark heart about her in the marriage. If I'm not continually giving thanks for her, that she is God's storm. She's a maverick. She's a beast who will never be tamed. It's my wife. If that doesn't grow, I will be bored with her. If I stop giving thanks for her, I will be bored with her. If I don't take the time, if my thought life isn't growing about her when I'm driving, when I'm in worship, I will be bored with her. I will have a dark heart towards her. And that goes with your dream. How many of you, God, put a dream in you? Hopefully, you're glorifying God because you're going to need him to get there. Hopefully, your lack of th- your thanksgiving is growing. Thank you, Father God. That, that gift is in me. I'm going to wake up at four and just give thanks for it. I know it's there. Like I said, this happens through, in, through it's not going to happen through convenience. Does this make sense? Can I go to uh, Colossians 2? I think I have verses 6 through 7. I'm using the um, Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation. Like I said, he, he, he does a great job of putting in the continuallys, the boundless, limitless, to remind you that you're never there. Like I said, the worst three words is, I got it. Oh, he forgave me. I got it. No, 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 no. Oh, he's merciful. Oh, he's kind. No, 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 no. You should be experiencing how kind he is more today than you did last week. All right. Sorry, Rich. Love you. Oh, I got a whole team back there. Is this hard? Am I, am I doing too much? Okay. They're all like gang signs. All right. So this is Colossians. In the same way you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah by faith, Everyone say, continue. Continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually, say continually, infused with strength, encouraged in every way. For you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched. You ready for this? By your devotion to him. Are you more devoted to him today than you were yesterday? Have Have you accepted his, let's play, more today than you did yesterday? You want to know your next step? This was was for me. I I preached this for the first time at the men's conference, and I didn't know what I was going to preach, and I was like, this is really good. I took notes for myself. Um, But I had to stop and go, God, what does that mean? He goes, what was the last thing I told you that you didn't do? And I was talking to Kevin Riley, and how many of you journal? I went back to old journals, and I was like, oh, I'm really good there. And I'm like, oh, wow. I stopped doing this one thing. He said years and years ago, Abel, I want every morning. Your morning is your breakthrough with me. 
So since the men's retreat, I've been waking up at 4 in the morning, 4.30, just to spend time with him, not to do anything else. And he's been having me confess over my life. He's been having me magnify my wife because I hit a place where I'm like, I know her, I got her, pot bellies. <laughs> that I got it, God is big as a mountain. No, I've gotten that time and now he's showing up more and more. What was the last thing he told you? If you have, if you have a journal, go back. Where have you said, I got it? Some of it, it's a simple thing of how do you pray over your food? I promise you, change the way you do that. Oh, I promise you'll experience it more. And your food will taste better. Scientifically proven. Spiritually proven. But I love that verse. Your journey should be progressing, what does it say? Further. So if you are not progressing further, guess which direction you are going? Backwards. You're not staying the same. There's no such thing in the kingdom. What that one talent had, it was taken away from him and given to someone that was going to do something more. There is no complacency in the kingdom. It was meant to make you very, very uncomfortable. That's why the Holy Spirit's name is Comforter. So if you're comfortable, ooh, you ready for this? How many of you know why God is good? Don't answer for service. Why is God good? Just shout it out. Why is God good? Anyone know why God is good? That's who he is, but why? I'll give you a hint. Fill in the blank. You overcome evil with He's good because you're supposed to overcome evil with it. What we've done is God is good, and then I use that goodness as a couch. No, I use that goodness as a weapon and overcome something. The reason God is good is to take more territory, more darkness. God is good to do something. He's good for, it's a sword to be used, not a couch to sit on. But we go like this. I got my breakthrough in healing and I sit. No, see, he's invited you into a season of healing. Now go give it away. Go do something with it. He's supposed to get bigger. And if you don't, you go back. Can I be real with you for a second? My first healing testimony was at Walmart. And I prayed for someone's back and the guy got healed immediately. And it freaked me out. How many of you have seen that before where it's immediate in public? See, you can believe what you want, but when you see it, it freaks you out. I remember, because I've been sitting under Pastor Barry for a long time, and I remember I was with a buddy. I was like, dude, it worked. <laughs> because the guy freaked out in front of me. He, he, we prayed for his back, and he went, hot, 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 hot. And then he didn't speak good English. He's like, what'd you do? What'd you do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But he's like, it's better. And I'm like, I hit my buddy like, dude, it worked. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, we're, we're supposed to believe in this. Why aren't we doing that? This should be normal. You know what I did with that? I got complacent. I thought, I got it. That was my testimony. That was the only testimony I said all year round. And I actually started going backwards. And I actually went back into addictions that I struggled with. You see, God invited me into something greater. But because I said I got it, I went back into old addictions. Going forward is the only way in the kingdom. And he's already had an invitation. Every time you wake up, I want you to get that picture of that soccer ball going, let's play. Every day. 